This edition of Steve Adubato Uncut, the podcast, was made possible by Holy Name Medical Center, Rowan University, and Valley Bank. Hi, folks. I'm Steve Adubato. You can see we are producing remotely. It is, in fact, August the 4th, so everyone's clear. We never try to trick anyone with the timing. We're honored to be joined once again by um, Gary Vaynerchuk, who is the CEO of VaynerMedia, chairman of VaynerX. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. One of my favorites of all time, Gary. You recognize <laughs> that? You. I sure do. You're very kind. Well, let's do this. You've been with us in our New York studio, WNET and uh, Lincoln Center. And it's one of our most popular interviews. And that's why in this age of COVID, in this age of unpredictability, uncertainty, define this for me. You ready? Yes, sir. An entrepreneur in 2020 in the age of COVID is? dealing with the truths of entrepreneurship that haven't been dealt with for the last decade, which is adversity. We've had this incredible economic boom for a decade. And, you know, for the last two years, cause I'm like, man, how long could this last? I've been putting out a ton of content of like, are you saving money? Are you aware that things could happen? Never in a gajillion years. Do I think it comes in the form of something like COVID? Um, but I believe an entrepreneur today, she and he are earning their, their points uh, because it's not easy out there. Gary, you know, one of the things that's always struck me about you is your confidence. And uh, no matter what, I've seen you in all kinds of forums. You get asked challenging questions. I've seen you in media situations. You've been with us so many times. In this time of this global pandemic with so much uncertainty and fear, are you afraid? And if so, of what? Only, only from my parents or loved ones or loved ones of people I love getting sick. Not from a business standpoint, Steve, mainly on the back of, you know, I feel confident in my craft. You know, as a young man, I go into my dad's liquor store business in Springfield, New Jersey, and 9-11 happens immediately. Boom, punch in the face, you're, you're you know, 25-year-old, you got to navigate this business. You know, 2008 was really rough. At this mm. point, you know, I, I feel confident in my capabilities. And I think really to go even deeper into the psychology of it, I think a lot of us in society need to be comfortable with the step back. And let me explain to that. There's sure. a lot of people watching right now that actually should sell their home or turn in their car or not buy the new pair of Jordans or not go to the same resort this holiday season if they were allowed COVID, blah, blah, blah. I think the thing that has enabled me to fear less and have more confidence is I'm okay if the game that I love, entrepreneurship, if I go cold in it and have to actually take the massive humility pill of going backwards to go forward again. And I believe at this point in my life, the thing that I've assessed is a lot of people are just petrified of a step backwards, mainly uh, because of the judgment of loved ones and society. And so for me, that has kept me confident and lacking fear, even during times like this. To me, it's my great-grandmother, you know, I was born in the Soviet Union, my great-grandmother, like old school character. It was just basically very simple. You can have anything you want, but if you don't have health, all of it doesn't matter. And that was ingrained in me. And I live that way is, you know, I am scared because this is a health crisis. But if we're talking in the context of entrepreneurship or the framework of the question, no, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of VaynerMedia and VaynerX and all these things go out of business. I'll, I'll go back into the dirt. You know, I wonder, 
because I have 15 years or more on you. For those of us who are older, considerably older than you, do you understand the fear that some folks have that you have all those years ahead of you and you can reinvent yourself, you have, you will, you did after 9-11, you did after um, the horrific situation of the recession. Do you understand older folks feeling more fearful or you don't buy the age thing? Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm very practical. So older folks, I'm, you know, I at 59, listen, I actually believe in my 80s and 90s, there's, I'm going to be a different version of myself because to your point, I use the optimism of time. I don't think like a tree's going to fall on me or things right. of that nature. I buy it if someone is 80. If someone's 65, I try to, ch I have a lot of contemporaries, friends, uh, 65 feels awfully young to me. I feel like there's time in that decade or two ahead. I also will say this, we have to make saving money cool again. You know, like, like you know, there's always circumstances. There's a lot of people who don't right. want to take a step back because they just want to live fancy. That's different than somebody who's 72 and has zero money to their name. You know, so I think it's circumstantial. And I do think that you have to have empathy that when you have more time, you do have more chance to rebuild. At the same token, we need to change the conversation of credit and savings and go a little more old school. If you're watching right now, whether you're 22 or 82, saving a percentage of money for a rainy day is something we have to bring back. It's completely lost in society. You know, it's interesting. You've used the term uh, step back several times. But at the same time, in, in my work, and I've taught, you know about the work I do around leadership development, a big theme, and also with our broadcasting, innovation. We're yes. innovating in this way. If you look at what we did in March, it doesn't look nearly as good as it does now because the camera is better, the lighting is better. We're innovating, and we're not the only ones. All, everyone in the media and other industries as well. But here's my question. How do you, quote, take a step back while at the same time never stop innovating and being creative and moving forward. Is that a contradiction paradox or what? It's a great question. When I talk about step back, I talk about injecting humility into the mindset of, hey, this may require this. In action, in action, it's three steps ahead to your point. I mean, you know, to me, I'm mentally prepared if things get incredibly scary, while in action, I'm recalibrating our real estate strategy for next year. Do we need that many offices? I'm, you know, our production facility, to your point, same as this. Yeah. We've become unbelievably efficient in this environment. So I've said step back, but please make sure everybody who's listening understands I'm talking about humility. And then as far as action and operations, I'm talking about encompassing new behavior. I've had restaurant friends where I'm like, hey, like, I've been telling you about Uber Eats and Postmates for six years. You've said, I don't need that. I've been in the neighborhood for 29 years. Well, here's why. Doing the right COVID thing. COVID is why. Correct. COVID is why. Correct. And I say to them, look, I didn't know COVID was coming, but I definitely know that not betting on what's happening with consumers always leaves you vulnerable. You know, it's, Gary, I'm going to take you back, as young as you are, to research in motion. Parent company of BlackBerry. Mm -hmm. And I remember interviewing the CEO at the time of Research in Motion. And I'll never forget, he said to me, we were talking about where they were in the marketplace. 
And then you're talking to somebody who was one of the last people that had a BlackBerry, right? <laughs> I was one of the last, right? Talk about old school. I'll never forget he said to me, well, you think pictures, people are going to want to take pictures on their phone? Are you serious? And Kodak saying the same thing. And he was convinced at the time that Research in Motion as the parent company of BlackBerry, they had all the apps they needed. They had everything they needed. The technology was right. Now, Apple's doing what Apple was doing. And Research in Motion, BlackBerry, seriously? My point is this. For people who think, I got it. We've got the formula. Status quo is the plan. That's lunacy. It's not only that. It's audacity and it's selfish mind you know, strategy, what I mean by that is I'm always on to what humans are doing, not what's good for me. I've seen too many companies go out of business with the way that that person was talking to you, which is I want it to sit this way because <laughs> it's good for my business. Right. <laughs> you know, to me, I'm always trying to put myself out of business before somebody else puts me out of business. Vayner what does that mean? VaynerMedia is a leading ad agency Mad Men 2020, right? We do pictures right. and videos and run ads on the mobile device in a way that's really progressive. But I know, even though that we're leading an agency landscape, that there might be a technology that comes along that makes creative cheaper, and that puts me in a vulnerable spot. I'd rather invent that technology than wait for somebody else to do it. When I started a dot-com for my dad's wine business in 1997, I knew that it was coming. And so even though I knew nothing about computers or the internet or had any kind of vibe, I'm like, I'm going to learn this because I'm going to do it before somebody does it to us. And what that, was and your dad's way, reaction, by the way? I'm sorry for interrupting, Gary. No, it's right. My dad's reaction what was, your dad's was reaction? you know, I was 21 at the time. I'd been working in the store since I was 14. And he saw that I was serious, hardworking and had it. So to my dad's credit, even though I was extremely young, he supported it. He, he intuitively understood I had something. He was definitely, there's one counter story. I was on the computer upstairs above the register trying to make the website launch and he got a little frustrated because some of the customers on the floor weren't getting help and he ran up there and he said, stop playing on the computer, go help those customers. Other than that, full support the whole time. By the way, tell Gary, I'm sorry, Gary, tell everyone Please. the kind of industry we're talking about. I don't want to assume that people all know you're talking about what kind a liquor of liquor my, my dad had a liquor store in New Jersey called Shoppers Discount Liquors. We were in Springfield. We had Summit, Milburn, Short Hill. Mm. So there was some affluence. I noticed people wanted wine. I rebranded it to Wine Library, launched winelibrary.com, and we became one of the largest wine retailers in the country. The rest is history. You know, you, the last time you were at the Tish WNET studio at 66th and Broadway, and I knock on wood, we'll be back there again. Can't wait. Soon. I remember you and I had a spirited discussion uh, bordering on an argument, <laughs> a debate around college. Yes. Now, you just met our son, Nick, who's yes. working on production side for our company, um, who's a senior, going into his senior year of high school, and his younger brother a year behind. Talk all about college. We, as we do this program late in the summer of 2020, we don't know what college is going to look like, online, combi hybrid, right. whatever. You were saying, Hey, there are an awful lot of people who wind up going to college 200 grand plus if, if you're lucky enough to be able to save that kind of money with families. You That's said right. a, lot of that, a lot of those people shouldn't be going to college. Take that money, put it into XYZ, whatever. My, I mean, I, put it into you getting educated in your way. You know, I think what we're seeing now is a spirited debate. I think COVID has revved it up, which is, look, Knock on wood, there's a lot of kids who are watching right now and families who can afford college. 
when I talk about college, I talk about, look, the practicality of going into that level of debt with that interest rate, with no ability to even go bankrupt to clear it, which is something you can do in many other arenas, but not college. You know, we need to start debating if this is right, especially because the jobs, unlike you and I, when we were coming out, the jobs are not clamoring outside of the top 10% of schools, and I would argue top 3% of schools, to hire these individuals. I think there's an unlimited amount of people who should go to college, but I equally believe that there's an unlimited amount that should not. And I think it's circumstantial, but I do think that there's a lot of parents, I mean, Steve, back to that point. There, I've gotten thousands of emails in the last 60 days from parents who were like, you were the biggest thorn in my side. I didn't like that this is what you were talking about, but I gotta say, I'm awfully frustrated with my daughter's college right now because online courses, the hell, I, I'm paying for the experience. I'm paying that's for right. she needs me. And so it's an interesting challenge. I, you know, I think anything that's like, we created something where college was a requirement for the 18 to 22 year olds of our world. And we have way too many creative entrepreneurial and unfortunately people that get put into financial devastation because of it and we have to debate it. You know, in a few minutes we have left, I'm gonna try this on social media. Our daughter, Olivia, who as we do this is turning 10, spends an awful lot of time and I'm getting more and more concerned about it on, um, <laughs> on oh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, TikTok. Gary, why don't you just take over the show? Yeah. Ask the hey, everybody, here we are. <laughs> okay. But you're right. And I, there's a whole, you know, the Chinese government. Sure. I, I'm not going to get into that. But I said, Olivia, what are you doing? Because my wife and I said, when was the last book that she read? And we started <laughs> talking about that. Olivia watches, a, I guess her name is Charlie D'Amelio. I, you know, yeah, I'm sure you know. Of course I know. Dad, you have no idea how many followers. She has way more followers than you do on Twitter. She's a celebrity. You're not. And we're talking about this whole thing. I said, my ego had to get out of it. And I realized, yeah, who's this Charlie D'Amelio? Why am I saying this? What about, what do you say to the parents of these kids, 10, 11, 12, 9, whatever, on TikTok thinking, I'm going to be the next Charlie D'Amelio. They think they're entrepreneurs of tomorrow, you say? I say a couple things. One, I never am interested in telling anybody how to parent their child. So I'm going to go extremely macro. Sure. I think that I think parents need to let merit play out more. I say, oh, you're gonna be a celebrity? Show me. You know, the second a parent says no, the kid be right here, I love, thank you, Steve, right? The second you say no, the whole, I say yes, show me in the next year. Oh, parents, I got a secret for you. 99.999% of the kids are not gonna become celebrities, are not gonna become entrepreneurs. It's actually hard. It's actually hard. You know, this notion of like every, you know, now, what I do think though is it will give parents an incredible insight to their actual child. I'm a big fan of freedom. You know, I was born in the Soviet Union. In Russia, they put you in a box. I, and then in America, you have a lot of freedom, but if you get into trouble, you might go in a box. Yep. I think more parents should take a capitalistic approach. You know, obviously safety and all that, everyone parents, but I call child's bluff let them come through and let them stand on their own two feet. The place where parents get into trouble is, mom, dad, I'm an entrepreneur and give me 5,000 bucks, which is fine, but remind them that they have to pay you back or do something else. I think that we lack merit a lot of times. Your kid's gonna be the next TikTok star? Let them show you in six months. Here's the best bet any parents can make. Parents want kids to do things. Kids wanna do things. I as a parent, a thousand out of a thousand times, make a bet with my child that looks like this. All right. I want you to do this. You want to do this? I'm going to give you six months to be a TikTok star. 
At the end, if you haven't amassed 150,000 followers or more, you then have to do this. Violin camp, better grades in school, clean around the house, whatever it is. 99% of the parents are gonna win the bet. And oh, by the way, for the 1% that don't, they're gonna be thrilled because their kid has something. You know, as, you know, as I listen to you talk about this, and by the way, you just helped a lot of parents right there. <laughs> I've also watched people ask you questions, younger people than you who have, hey, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. You, you're in their face and, I, and you do it in a supportive, collegial way, but you confront what you consider BS and challenge. Because I want them to win. Right? Because you're not a big fan of, I hate to say this cliche, Gary, you're not a big fan of everyone getting a trophy, right? I'm not. And not because, listen, I, I have an 11 and eight year old. I want, I'm, I'm a bleeding heart for my children, like every single other person. Same here. But they're going to lose. We have demonized losing. We have demonized losing. And so when you do that, we have an entire generation of individuals who genuinely don't know how to stand on their own two feet. And more importantly, and this is the big one, you said something very early on. You said you're confident. My mom's execution, I might, like now in hindsight, as I think back, she gave me confidence, but there was always consequences. You know, I remember, and she never let me make excuses. Steve, one time I went over, I was a really good baseball player until size and speed and athleticism matter. Did you play second base or shortstop? I caught and pitched. I have great hand-eye coordination. Yes. But by, okay. by the time I was in sixth grade, it was over. Too much athleticism okay. needed. <laughs> But I was really good as a kid because I hand-eye, that I have. I struck out once, John Longo, if you're watching, from Edison, New Jersey, <laughs> destroyed me, he had it. And I came into the car and tried to make an excuse and she shut it down in a second. I think the reason I go straight with kids is parents and school, like systems have been created in the modern last 30 years of America that are overcoddling kids. And the problem is then they go into real life and mommy and daddy aren't around. And I think we have become, because we hate to see them upset, we overcoddle. The problem is that's eliminating so much of the reality. And then we're dealing with upset kids in perpetuity. You know, it, uh, you know I, 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 we have to let you go because of time, but I'm gonna tell you something. Um, your guy, what was your guy's name, Longo? John Longo, yes. I'm a sophomore at SS Catholic High School. I was playing football, but I went out for the baseball team, played freshman. I, I wasn't very good, but it was Tommy Malanga. I know you're watching, Tommy. <laughs> you had a curveball that I couldn't hit. I pulled back because I didn't Thought recognize you were get the hit. Yeah. You struck me out three times in the last tryout, and I was the last guy to get cut from the baseball team. And I remember looking at the list, and my name wasn't on it, and all the other my best friends were. I didn't die. Not only didn't you die, I would argue with everything I've got that it was a foundational brick to the man that you are right this second. I just wish I could take that, Gary, and believe that for our kids instead of trying to create all these cushions and, and parachutes and I'll protect you and I don't want them to feel bad because you're right. Losing, not to mention I lost my seat in the state legislature at 26, 27 years of age. It's why I'm where I am now. And it's not about me, it's Gary's point, losing. And learning from it, we I'm sorry, to. Gary. No, 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 I love you. I love you for that. No, no, losing needs to be put on a pedestal and we demonize it. 
which made kids scared of it. Losing is why I'm here. Losing is why I love the Jets so much. I love the Jets way more than the Yankees. I loved them both as a kid, but the Yankees won for me. The losing is the part I adore. It's the process, not the trophy. By the way, Gary told me last time he still believes one of your greatest goals is to do what with the Jets? Own them and bring a Super Bowl here. I promise, Jeff fans, I'm working on it. You, were too, you weren't even born. 1969, a little kid. I missed it. It was Joe Willie really? Namath. What's this remind you of? The end of the day, him going into the tunnel. January 12th, 1969, the greatest day that I wasn't living for. I missed it. Sports Illustrated had it 41 nothing Colts as their official prediction. I'm, I'm devastated I missed it, but I dream of a day where I get to taste it. Well, Joe Willie Namath believed in himself. Gary Vandershuk believes in himself and the Jets. And um, I cannot thank you enough, Gary. I wish you, your family, your company, um, not just success, but even more important than that, to stay safe, be well. And, and, and thank you so much, Gary. All the best. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you, pal. I'm Steve Adubato. That's Gary Vanderchuk. We'll be right back after this.